2: Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman. And we'll be going over the Cream and Crimson game, what happened on Friday night in Bloomington uh, as Indiana wrapped up their spring practice. We'll also talk about uh, some uniform news, what that means uh, for the program, what it means uh, to us, and, and how Fred Glass rectified a mistake that he made last year. And then we'll get into some stuff that IU needs to do heading into the summer. Uh, we're now on the college football lists in terms of IU up until I guess the uh, Big Ten media days coming in mid July. So we'll have those. There. So we'll touch on all of that. Uh, get ready for the long haul over the summer, and uh, we'll get right to it. TJ, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? I'm
1: doing great. Yeah, it's, uh, we should record more often. Every time we do, so recently it's been beautiful out. So uh, I don't know if that's a harbinger of things to come. Hopefully, every couple weeks, which is the off-season schedule, we're going to get on uh, for everybody and cover a lot of stuff all off-season. You know, every every couple weeks, you'll get one gourd to stay at least.
2: Now that you said that, you probably jinxed it. And in two weeks, when we cover something else, there'll be a blizzard and eight feet of snow. Yeah. Uh, if anybody is uh, wants to complain, you could send your tweets to at PJ Hoosier Huddle. I will not give him your cell phone number or his email address, but you can tweet at all you want. And <laughs> there is snow in two weeks uh, on the first of May. So. Uh, just wanted to get that out of the way. I did not jinx the weather. It was CJ, uh, But let's yep. get down. Um, you did mention that we're going to start talking about more national things. And just as a programming note, we are going to rebrand here uh, a little bit and, and give you the quality podcasts that that you all deserve. So we'll get into that in May. If you have topics you want to discuss, it's the 150th anniversary of college football. Uh, if you want to get into that, if there's national topics you want to have discussed, please send in your suggestions um, to our Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle or email us at the Hoosier huddle at uh, Now that that's out of the way, TJ, let's get into uh, the Christian, Christian wrap, uh game wrap up. What were your initial thoughts from the game?
1: Well, I, I think uh, Indiana did a nice job of keeping things moving. Uh, I thought it was a pretty easy watch. Sometimes, uh the spring games can be kind of tedious, but I thought it was a pretty easy watch. Um, and I, You know, credit to Indiana for that. It got a nice day for it. And, um, you know, I think uh, Big Ten Network, it is what it is. You don't expect much in the way of in-depth analysis from Big Ten Network with Indiana football, so uh, patience, and uh, I was not disappointed by that. Um, in terms of on the field, uh, you know, we'll get into offense, defense, breakdown in a little bit, but uh, just in general, I thought the team defense uh, speed was very evident, uh, particularly at the back. Uh, secondary and linebackers, I thought um, – You know, just their speed jumps off the screen. Uh, And then offensively, uh, you know, impossible to take anything from the running game uh, because, you know, you've got uh, very few of your top-end running backs, really none of your top-end running backs playing. uh, None of the guys you would expect to carry the ball much in in this coming season uh, played. And then the offensive line was, you know, shuffling things a lot. Some veterans. Uh, so it's hard to take much of the running game, but the defense really didn't give them anything at all. Uh, the one offensive player that I thought was particularly impressive with Donovan Hale, uh, just in the way he moved, uh, he caught everything thrown to him, uh, and he looks like the kind of big physical number two receiver that uh, you know Indiana fans are hoping for from him. Uh, everything we've heard coming into the spring game was how impressive he'd been, and he backed up a really good performance.
2: Yeah, Donovan Hale was a player that early in spring um, stuck out to me. He was moving and moving a lot smoother. Uh, that's due to him losing losing some weight. Uh, Grant Hurd and Tom Allen both say he needs to lose five more pounds. It limits the pounding on his legs. Uh, people have to remember he, he came in to IU coming off uh, a major knee injury in yeah. high school. That, you know, it, people say that it only takes a year to recover, but we saw Nick Westbrook last year uh, and some other guys that it really takes you to get back to 100%. And so now that Hill um, has has lost some of that weight, he looks a lot smoother, having on his legs, and he, he looks like a guy who's primed for a, a big season, uh, a go-to receiver. He's not going to be the... Downfield and blow by guys, threat, but more of these semi Cobb, you know, throw it up and, and he'll go get it uh, type of athlete and really a reliable, uh, big bodied receiver who you think that in the red zone you could uh, throw him the ball and he could box guys out. So I expect a big season out of him. Uh, TJ, I thought that the offensive line is tough to grade. It is going to be a Uh, It's still a concern for me I know it's a concern for a lot of fans But I thought um, The offense in spring practice In general Really started slow And and then finished on that upswing uh, That we talked about In one of the articles this weekend Uh, The last few practices that I got to see The offense really counterpunched The defense pretty well Uh, But the offensive line Even though we're missing uh, A couple of guys um couple guys in the spring game uh, with Simon uh Stepniak and and Kronk cronk uh, those front five I'm pretty confident in uh to be solid it's building the depth uh behind them where them being out for those uh you know final spring practices uh helps helps build that depth but it's still a, a major concern going into fall camp is can they get 10 guys uh, who can play on the line just in case somebody goes down. But I'm confident in the front five. Uh, there are a couple reserves who I'd be confident uh, putting there as well. And then you have some young guys who need to grow into the position uh, and add, you know, that off-season workout and conditioning. principally, mm-hmm. I thought the defense, they took the ball away. Every so often they got burned, uh, the long touchdown, the Ty Freifogel that came against Reese Taylor. Reese Taylor has not played a whole lot of defense on uh, in his career. So that's understandable that he got burnt. But, you know, with those <laughs> plays, they, they limited them. There weren't a ton of big plays. Uh, and then they got their takeaways. And, and, you know, they ended up losing the game before he – 48-33 uh, or something like that but a lot of that is 12 came off of uh, field goal kicking uh, those field goal kicking contests where it was kind of uncontested uh, there was no rush it was just a snapper holder and kicker and a lot of guys screaming in the background but um, that's where 21 of those points uh, came from so if you take away the field goal contest uh, the, the defense scored more points but So uh, the offense won. But I I thought the defense acquitted themselves nicely. Uh, They do need to beef up that defensive line in the middle. Uh, We saw a little bit of the speed that they could have on the outside uh, at defensive end, speed in the secondary and at linebacker, which I think has been impressive this spring that everybody's talked about. If they could get some of these big freshmen in and on campus and ready to play, they should have a pretty solid defense.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, I, I mean, Juan Harris, uh, that's a big boy. That is a big, big man. Um, I, I will say, you know, for as big as he is, I thought he moved really well uh, on Friday. And, I, you know, um, when I was having an impact, when they were having to double-team him a couple of times, that I noticed and I'm sure it happened more I, I did not have my eyes fixed on Juan Harris um, but when I noticed him uh, he was getting quite a bit of attention from the offensive line and him taking up that space allows those linebackers and those pass rushers to go make plays uh, that's what he's there for, he's a space eater get that uh, interior penetration and uh, you know I, I thought it was an encouraging first sign from him uh, I know the coaching staff has uh, you know definitely hoping he can have a huge impact Uh, they'll need him to you know he's going to be a guy they're going to have to rely on so uh, that was good to see along the offensive line the only player that I really there were two guys that I I singled out and watched Uh, one is Caleb Jones at right tackle because I'm you know he's he's a another really big guy uh, and another player that's going to have a big impact on this season uh, either in a positive or negative way. I mean, if Caleb Jones is capable uh, of being a good right uh, and I was encouraged by by how he moved on Friday night, uh, if he's capable of being a, a fixture at right tackle, I think it really makes Indiana's starting five on offense uh, on the line really good. Uh, if he's a question mark for you where, where you're not sure what you're going to get from him on a week-to-week basis, uh, you know, that, that creates a bit of a headache because I don't think there's anyone out there right now that I feel good slotting in there besides him. Uh, and the other player I looked at on that line was freshman Matthew Bedford. Um, uh, you know, I'm not an offensive line expert, but to me, he looked the part. I thought Bedford looked like he belonged on that field um, from a physical standpoint, from a size standpoint, and just from a movement standpoint, I thought he looked like he belonged out there uh, and the coaches and his fellow offensive linemen have all uh, talked very much. And, uh and Michael Kadick. So um, I think Indiana's in good shape there with, with Matthew Bedford. I think he'll be a really good player for Indiana. Perhaps not this year. I mean, you hope you don't have to rely on him, that he can just play four games in spot duty, get a little bit of experience in redshirt. That's what you're hoping. Um, and then rely on him for the future, uh, maybe as early as next season. But I was impressed by those two guys. And then, um, you know, the other player uh, on offense that I do want to mention, I feel like we're somewhat obligated to to talk about this, Peyton Ramsey, uh, the only quarterback that that took any snaps or threw anything uh, with, you know, Michael Penix, we saw him at skeleton drills uh, in between a couple of the quarters. So it was good to see him out there throwing the ball. I thought Penix, the first skeleton drill, that um, he was he was shaky, uh, which is understandable. The second one, I thought he, he settled in and threw some really nice passes, including a touchdown uh, pass across the middle uh, that he placed perfectly and, and really uh, showed off the arm strength. So that was good to see. Ramsey, uh, to me, it looked like a lot of the same uh, from last year. Some positive so negatives, uh, the one glaring one being the arm strength, just those out passes, they just don't get to the receiver quick enough. Um, down the field, he, he exhibited nice touch on one pass, which was uh, a seam route over the middle, uh, which or up the middle, if you will, the tie pride focal, which I was encouraged to see just because we saw that so rarely last season from Mike DeBoard's offense. We didn't see very much. Uh, deep and when we did see it, it was always uh, you know those passes along the sidelines. I was encouraged to see uh, a seam route for Ty Frye He beat Reese Taylor, um, and you know made a it was a good pass. It was a good pass from Ramsey. I think it was about 38 yards, uh, very well placed. Uh, however, you know he had several others that uh, he took deep shots on that to be frank, we're not anywhere near the receiver. Um, So, you know, up and down from Ramsey. uh, I didn't see anything on Friday that makes me, you know, feel as if he's taken some giant leap forward in terms of uh, his arm strength. And and that has been the concern uh, the entire time and the entire offseason. It will continue to be. uh, And if uh, game one, I think the biggest reason is going to be that arm strength and that uh, Michael Phoenix or Jack Tuttle show enough to the coaches that they can be a bigger difference maker for the Hoosiers than Ramsey can. Uh, uh, You know, besides that on offense, um, I didn't see a whole lot. I mean, Miles Marshall dropped a couple of passes, uh, but I did see him in the slot show me some things that I'm excited about. Again, Westbrook, Watt Fillier, they didn't play, so the offense... um, Missing quite a bit of his explosiveness, uh, but for what we saw, those are the guys that kind of jumped out to me on defense. James Miller, just I continue to be very excited about him. But every time I watch him move around, uh, he's a guy that I continue to think can be a really, really good player for him. Uh, and then I would say the same about Cam Jones as well. Uh, and they moved him around some. He played three different spots that I noticed. Uh, on Friday night. He's going to be a versatile piece of the defense. I thought the secondary um, you know, really showed why they can be so good uh, with their coverage skills. They did have a couple of bone assignments that uh, resulted in some open passes, but uh, overall I think a good night for the secondary that showed what they're capable of doing and um, showed some of that versatility that I think – we're all excited to see how Kane Womack displays that. Um, And then I will just uh, throw a special mention. You mentioned field goal kicking Logan justice. I think uh, it was good to see him get out there and make some kicks. And uh, if anyone had in their mind, for some reason that perhaps last year was a fluke from him, I don't know why you would, it was an entire season of really solid field goal kicking from him. Uh, But he had a really good night on Friday as well, so that was you know good to see.
2: Yeah, uh, to go back to to the quarterbacks uh, a little bit, it was you know more the same for Peyton, like you said. Right. He he did make some really nice throws. Uh, he he can create with his legs, but yeah. you're still limited in that offense. Uh, especially with that out route and, and when you go the biggest thing to me with that out route is when you go two minutes or two minute drill, you need that fifteen yard out route that'll get you the first down and get you out of bounds to stop the clock. He just he just can't make that play. Uh I thought Pennox no. like you said he looked a little rusty. It was it was a nice day in Bloomington, but it was a little chilly. One, if you're just standing on the sideline, not playing, and and um, you know sitting for a quarter looked like a quarterback who had sat for a quarter, and that's uh, in that first drill, and that's that's what it looked like. But you know the fumbles are a little bit of a concern on offense. It's good to see the defense. Now it's great that they, the offense and the defense both made big plays. That that was really encouraging. One side didn't dominate. The entire game, which I think it would be a fear if the defense came out just dominated the offense, I think this fan base would be yeah. a panic um, and I think it would you know much less so a panic if the offense came out and dominated this defense i it would be more of a shock, but it wouldn't be as panic you'd be excited uh for the offense but i, I thought that uh, i I thought that the Game was fantastic. It was, I think, under two hours, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, It went really quickly. A lot of big plays. I love having this game as part of the Little 500 weekend. It's something that you know people need to have some patience on. There really isn't a good week for the IU spring game. Um, If you do it a week before, you're you're playing roulette with the weather. Um, You're still playing Russian roulette with the weather. This week as well. Next week is Easter. I think working it somewhere into that Little 500 weekend where you're patient with it. The the team's got to win some games uh, in the season. Get to those, you know, get to a couple winning seasons and and fans will come in. But you got to make an event too and, and encompassing it with Little 500, which is, let's face it, the biggest weekend on campus all year. It, you have a chance to make it part of that big weekend where, you know, maybe you move the women's race up an hour, you move the spring game back half an hour uh, so people could get one place to another. Uh, but it, it should be uh, part of the fabric of that weekend. And, and it would be really cool, um, like the A day they have in Alabama uh, and Auburn. It, it's half that weekend, it's, it's Little 500 weekend that includes football spring game, and, and I think another it will, I'll bark up this tree until it happens if you serve alcohol at games, and then in the spring game, people will come especially during Little Five weekend uh, but in, in general, I do like it having, I, I do like having it on this weekend I believe Little 500 was pushed up a week uh, because of Easter and if you keep it at the regular Little Five week you push it a week later back in the spring, you're kind of safer with the weather and, and, and getting warm weather. So uh, overall, I thought the spring game was fantastic. I thought BTN did a good job, um, good job with it. Uh, they interviewed coaches and players. They had it live on BTN, which I don't remember the last time the IU spring game was not just on BTN to go. So uh, no. good work on them. I think good work on, on IU's part. And it's it's a spring game. Now you have to add to it and, and maybe find some other festive things to do uh, to get people in there. But having a little five hundred weekend it, it, that's that's the first step. Now you can tweak some things and, uh, and and go from there. So TJ, that puts a bow on the the cream and crimson game. What is one thing that you think IU needs to needs to have? or needs to work on as they head into the the summer in order for the season to be successful?
1: The the biggest thing that I would, you know, and I'm not going to say, oh, we didn't see this in the spring games, so it's just not there. Uh, You know, the players that I would expect to provide these types of plays, uh, they didn't play on Friday night, and it's not an an avenue where you're looking for that uh, necessarily. So I'm not panicking about this, but... Uh, I would love for Indiana to spend a lot of time focusing on finding explosive plays, uh, and that's that can come from a lot of sources. We talked about it last season. We talked about it so far this uh, this off season on our podcast. I think it's crucial for Indiana to find explosive plays through scheme, through personnel. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it, but that's that's kind of the one thing that stands out in my mind as being something Indiana needs to find a way to to get uh, as they head into the 2019
2: season. I think outside of health, uh, you know, getting guys back and getting guys healthy, which will happen in time, I think just having the mental fortitude to be able to get through the season. You know, time and time again, we've seen IU race out to to hot starts. Uh, go three and one or four and zero or you know whatever it is you know and, and stumble uh, through the Big Ten season and come up short in some of these big games and and not be able to respond to adversity. Uh, that's my thing. It's work on mental toughness. Whatever you have to do to work on that mental fortitude, to where you know it. A game like Minnesota doesn't happen. A, a game like like Maryland a couple a couple years ago doesn't happen. Where a, a game like Rutgers in 2015 doesn't happen, where you could get punched in the mouth, get back up, and, and keep moving, uh, moving forward, and, and come at the victory. So whatever off season work they do uh, you know, with strength coaches in the preseason. I would coaches whether or not they bring you know, Marines and, and do military workouts. It's can you face adversity? And, and the, word, you know, Tom Allen's theme this year is grit. And that's something that they're going to need to work on it is when the, when the chips are all down the table and you're kind of facing the adversity, can you? Can you Keep your energy level up, bear down, and uh, and make, make make a big play, make that big interception, make that big stop, catch that ball in the end zone, uh, hang on, get that first down to kill the clock, things like that, and that all starts in the off season, and, and um, and it starts the veteran good. So that's that's my big thing for them to work on uh, outside of health uh, in, in the off season. TJ, some other news that came out uh, today, Indiana will be returning to having name on the back of their jerseys. I know the decision not to pissed a lot of people off, uh, for various reasons, uh, whether or not fans could identify players on the field without using a roster. Uh, you know, Fred glass said, I believe he said today that he, uh, he listened to fans. The distance from the field. Look, I I could barely see the numb from the press box without you know without glasses. So that's not a big issue with me. If unless I, I'm watching on TV or right. you know I'm in the first ten rows, for me it made it a. I thought last year's uniform, if it had a name on the back, looked awesome. It had the candy striped sleeves. It had a little detailing. But without the nameplate, it looked cheap. It looked like something you—not you, as TJ Maxx as Michigan State's new uniforms, but something oh, you pull off the, the discount racket at TJ yeah. Maxx, um, or whatever's a step above the Target. Um,
1: those because, are those are uh, those Michigan State alternate uniforms. That uh, boy, um, they're all I'm awful. sure somebody it, likes them. I am sure somebody likes them, but those are uh those, you know, you say, ones. Oh, they're just not for me. Well, I, I don't know who those are for. Uh those are bad.
2: They're for the discount racket, T J Maxx. Um I guess. If yeah. if, if you yeah. ha- if you have it if you haven't seen it, uh Google it guys. It is hideous. It's got neon green stayed across the chest, but we're not here to discuss Michigan State and their terrible wardrobe choices. Uh, we're talking about IU. I think putting the name on the back it, it means a lot uh-huh. to players, especially players who might be first generation college students. Uh, to represent yep. their family name is a big deal, and I, I think it's great that Fred Glass reversed his decision. He deserves a lot of credit for showing his pride at doing that. Uh, the uniform yep. should look a lot better, and it gives. In football, it's not like basketball. Football, the guys. Yeah, the helmet's on, they're hard to see. You know, you just know it by the number. Now, basketball, you can see their faces. You get, you know, it's a little bit more personal than football. Than now that you have names on the back of the jerseys, fans can recognize them easier. Uh, and I, I think that's a big deal, especially for a sport and a program that needs fan interest. And whatever can make the fan more interested and, Easily interested in IU football, you got to do so. I, I think this is a step in the right direction, and maybe we'll see a new uniform here. Uh, you know, an alternate sometime in the future. I don't know, but I think that uniform last year with the little details um, and mm-hmm. the the matte finish helmet with the nameplate is going to look really, really good.
1: Yep, I don't see any negatives to it. Uh, I mean, I I think it. Was a decision that I understood the basic premise behind it, but I thought it was uh, a poor decision that just lacked uh, just lacked foresight to understand how people were going to take that, um, and uh, you know, the the result was perfectly expected, and that's, that's what what we saw. Uh, basically, criticism across the board. And Indiana, as you said, they deserve a lot of credit for uh, recognizing, hey, this doesn't work, it's not making any sense, let's just do the common sense logical thing and just reverse course, put the names back on, and there we go. Uh, And I think that that's a non-bullheaded way of going about it, and it is appreciated.
2: Yep, and and I I like the sentiment of the name on the front of the jersey means more than the name on the back. And that old-school mentality, I get it, kind of like it, uh, but that name on the back also means a lot to these players uh, and a yeah. lot to the family sitting in the stands. I, I've had parents, you know, comment on the article on, on Facebook or Twitter and say we're so happy that our name could be represented on, on the field at IU. And, and it's just a, you know, it's a moment of pride for for. Mothers and fathers and grandparents and uncles and aunts to see their kid who's worked so hard run out of the tunnel and see their name um, on the back of jersey. Now, to the, to the average fan, that might not mean that much, but if you have a child who plays sports and has, represents you going out, you know, going out on the field uh, of competition, you feel that sense of pride, and and I understand that. And it, it, you're right; it is a common sense move, and. Hopefully more common-sense moves are coming up in the future. All right, TJ, that does it for the Hoosier Huddle podcast this evening. Hopefully it is not snowing two weeks. If it is, blow up TJ's Twitter, not mine, Yeah, yeah. because it's all on him. Anyway, if you have topics you want us to discuss, uh, national topics, big 10 topics, Indiana topics, we're all for that. We'll be coming at you is it bi-monthly, bi-weekly, I think monthly, twice a month, uh, up until the beginning of the season, and then we're we'll back weekly right. uh, with you guys. It is, we're, I think, 130 days away from kickoff up at Lucas Oil Stadium, so
1: hang hmm. in there.
2: Summer's almost here, and, and we'll enjoy the warm weather and get into the full... Thanks for joining us, TJ.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we will, you know, we'll, We'll come up with a lot of good stuff for the off season in addition to the uh you know, regular preview you know, previews from big big national teams, IU opponents, uh, you know, the rest of the Big Ten, the Big Ten East, uh the college football playoff stuff. We'll, we'll hit all those, but you know, the big picture topics as well, or anything you guys want to hear us uh talk about and, um you know, and I think that we have kind of a little bit at least, know what we're talking about outside of this Indiana football. So uh, we'll do our best to cover whatever whatever the listeners want.
2: Well, thank you for listening. Check back to com for all your Indiana football news and notes. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle, the latest. And enjoy the rest of your week. Hopefully the warm weather stays, and we'll be back with you in a couple weeks